Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent. I'm joined in once again by Stephen Debo Deaton. What's up, Stephen? What's up, brother? So, man, let's just go ahead and kick this episode in. Episode uh, going, dude. So, I know uh, we are recording late this week. It is Friday night, our time. Uh, people probably won't listen to this until Saturday or even Sunday after the games and whatnot. Uh, but with that being said, man, did you watch that game last night? Yeah, I was able to catch a little bit of it. We had uh, we had some stuff going on at the school, uh, of course. You know, it's busy season, but I was able to catch some of it uh, toward the uh, toward the toward the end of the first half, and then some of the second half. So, all right. So towards the end of the first half, let's go ahead and talk about what the what the hot news is right now. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa went down with a really kind of scary and disastrous injury. Um, I know I was watching it live on Amazon Prime when it happened, and Morgan and the kids were in playing or doing something, and I just remember repeating myself, "Oh crap! Oh crap! He's down!" And uh, man, seeing Tua with the neck and head injury, and just how his—did you see his hands were like folded up in front yeah, of his face? Of, mm-hmm. Man, it it looks scary, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that the guy is okay. Um, I know that this is kind of bigger than fantasy football. This is the guy's physical health, and hopefully he can come back. And so, uh, Stephen, what's your take on everything, man? Man, I think that uh, – I don't know, man. A lot of people are grilling the Dolphins, saying that he had a concussion last week. He should have never played this week. If you're on Twitter today at all, that's all you saw from CTE experts nope. and doctors and NFL doctors and NFL team doctors. And there was a few that came out anonymously, I believe, and said there's no way he would have passed concussion protocol for us. You know, he wouldn't have played for our team this week. I don't know. I mean, you know, if the Dolphins said he passed concussion protocol, I feel like he passed concussion protocol. I mean, that's just my personal feeling on it. I think it's just, um, you know, it sucks, obviously, and it doesn't look good. I get that, but that's part of the game. And two, and in my, in my opinion, too, has got to learn to get rid of the ball. Like you can't keep, you cannot keep taking those kind of hits because it's going to ruin his career if he does. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I know. Uh... It was one of those things too, to where you saw the videos and whatnot, and how um, it looked like he tried to make like some some not necessarily a spin move, but almost like a duck move uh, to get around the defender. And I know with it, it just kind of comes back to pocket awareness. And I don't want to kind of hate on him despite the energy or the uh, injury and all that. But uh, mm-hmm. man, even with that though, it kind of it, it comes down to the fact of stuff like this happens and I don't want to like just throw it under the, under the water and make like a small deal out of it. But I mean, you had Higgins that kind of had a similar situation to where he went down that one week with a concussion, came back, played five to six days later and got smoked in the head by a defender. And yet people weren't grilling the, the Bengals about it. You know, that's right. That's right. And so with it, I think it kind of comes down to uh, man integrity to where if you're going to, if you're going to grill one, you got to grill the other as well. Uh, but, you know, wishing him a speedy recovery, hoping that he gets back out there and can uh, produce for the Dolphins uh, yeah. instead of Teddy Bridgewater for sure. You know, it uh, reminded me of uh, – you remember last year, the Don- Donald – was it Donald Parham that got hit in the end zone, the Chargers oh tied in. Yes, man. I remember he kind of locked up. And, and those look bad. They look probably – honestly, they look worse than they are. And then just everything on top of what happened last week, on top of this week is going to compound all of that. But I do yep. agree with you that if you're going to grill one about players playing the next week after having a concussion or concussion like symptoms, then you got to, you got to take, you got to grill all of them, you know? So 
Um, but yeah, we do hope speedy recovery. Hope he's back uh, and playing football, um, and and we can get to enjoy seeing him do that. Absolutely. So, man, after that, Teddy Bridgewater came in, uh, actually produced okay, but it seemed like he was actually throwing the ball and hyper-targeting Tyreek, and there was a third wide receiver for the Dolphins. I don't even know the guy's name. Uh, Almost some no-name guy, and it seemed like he actually had more receptions than half the team. Uh, But Tyreek ended up coming out, putting up a a stat line of 10 receptions, 160 yards. It looks like he actually kind of backed up what he was talking about all week with Eli Apple. I know uh, he really wouldn't face up against them hardly at all. But even with that, he came out there in that business trip and put up a ton of PPR points. Um, And then you had Jalen Waddle with a mediocre, not uh, one that a lot of fantasy managers were probably upset by with two receptions for 39 yards. Um, with it, uh, I've got a couple of Jalen Waddle shares this year. And to be honest with you, I'm not too concerned about this one stat line, this one game. Um, I think he bounces back fairly quickly. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, me being a Saints fan, I got the pleasure, the absolute pleasure to watch Eli Apple get destroyed at cornerback a lot. So anytime Eli Apple's talking about going up against somebody, you can book them in a spot that they're going to have a big fantasy day because he's terrible. He is terrible. Okay, so that being said, uh, yeah, Waddle Waddle kind of had a little dud, two catches, thirty nine yards, um, and and you know you can attribute a lot of that to Tua going out because because Waddle's kind of Tua's man in a way, yeah. you know. I mean, um, so you can kind of see that, you know, if uh, Bridgewater does play this week, you know, I think you still run Waddle out there, but you you run him out there with you know maybe the thought that maybe you know two three four catches maybe all he gets because he might not get hyper targeted like Tua does for him so just keep that in mind and Tyreek did go off uh but yeah Higgins we've talked about Higgins before on this podcast with me you know episode one or two this year maybe preseason I know I said you know Higgins has the possibility uh of passing chase this year and I said I thought he would um, and last night, here you go, seven receptions, 124 yards and a touchdown, which outpaced Chase in every way. So not saying that Chase won't bounce back and have monster games this year, but, uh, you know, I love my boy Higgins. Yeah, absolutely, man. I got Higgins in a couple of teams as my wide receiver too, and I am ecstatic about those stat lines like that. Um, I know every after every single Bengals game, it comes with that one person on Twitter that always gives the stat lines of Higgins and Chase with the same amount of games played and all that and how Higgins is just fairly above Chase in every one of those categories. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, man, for me, honestly, if you waited on Chase and took Higgins a couple of rounds later, I bet you're pretty excited about it this year. Um, another player for the Bengals that had a nice nice little bounce-back game was Joe Bixon. Uh, after putting up some duds the past couple of weeks, he came out and did 24 carries for 61 yards, one touchdown, as well as having four receptions for 13 yards. Uh, and so if you ended up taking Mixon early, trading for him in the offseason, I bet you're pretty happy about that. Uh, that offensive line, man, was one that I was thoroughly impressed with this game. Uh, I know Mixon's touchdown carry, it seemed like he was actually stopped at the four or five yard line, and the offensive line just rallied behind him and pushed him in. Yeah. And so it, it's nice to see him actually doing something and getting some stuff together. It's great to see that offensive line kind of getting better, you know, week to week. Um, my main concern is can they protect Burrow? And they did a much better yeah. job last night of protecting Burrow. 
Um, and the main thing with Mixon is you love that volume. 24 carries, you love that. You want that. I mean, from from a, from a fantasy perspective, if a running back's getting 20-plus carries a game, you know he's being targeted as well in the passing game, you're going to take that day in and day out. And 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 you you love to you hope and love to concede that to see that continue. Um, what do you think about Hurst in a in, in your tight end premium leagues? Three receptions last night, 27 yards, and did get a touchdown. Yeah, I think with Hurst, man, I'm I'm happy to own him or be a manager of his in a tight end premium league for sure. Because with tight ends being pretty much a dumpster fire this year, outside of uh, man Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews to where your top tight ends on the year are people like Tyler Conklin and a couple more. If I've got Hurst as a depth piece right now and seeing him get a little bit more involved in the offense as well as how many times Joe Burrow is throwing now a game, then I'm I'm happy for it. Um, now, if you're telling me that, like, if somebody offered me a second for him in a tight end premium league, I'm 100% taking that. <laughs> but it's just the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm happy on that late shot. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and and you're totally correct about the tight ends this year. Um, if you don't own Andrews or Kelsey, man, uh, when you run a guy out there, it's kind of scary. You know, even yeah. if it's say a Kittle or a Waller, I mean, those guys that you're kind of that you've been relying on for the past three, four years of 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 giving you great production at the tight end position, they're just not doing it. You know, uh, I think one that kind of sticks out that's been pretty consistent um, with maybe not as much as Kelsey and Anders this year is Goddard. I think he's, he's had a decent year this year. Um, but yeah, those top tight ends, man, if you don't own again, Andrews or Kelsey, it's kind of, it is kind of a dumpster fire. Yeah. Let me just read you the top 10 leaders right now, tied in for the season, the season, Stephen, and tell me that you saw any of these besides Andrews, Kelsey and Goddard being in your top 10 in the off season. Okay. So you have Andrews one, Kelsey two, Conklin three, Ertz four, Higby five, Waller six, Goddard seven, David and Joku eight, Hayden Hurst nine, and Gerald Everett at ten. Ooh, it's tough, man. It's tough. There's five or six in there that you wouldn't you would not put in that top ten preseason. No, um, sir. Easy, easily. So I think before we move on from last night's game, one more thing I want to touch on here is Chase Edmonds being outpaced by Mostert fifteen to five. What do you what do you think about that? What's your take on that? So as someone who actually drafted Evans in a redraft league, uh, man, I almost panic sold him this past week. Uh, <laughs> threw him on the trade block, see what was out there. I uh, actually ended up fairly happy with a 10-point performance from my uh, flex play in Edmonds. But I uh, actually only had five carries. I think he was actually carried by a receiving touchdown that he got. Uh, yeah, he actually he missed He missed another receiving touchdown, I think, in the first he quarter. Did. He, he dropped one. Yep. And so, uh, man, with that, it it worries me just because I know people who went out in the offseason acquired Edmonds and the hype. I know that there were multiple podcasts that were talking about he was a must-buy candidate and how he was just going to be a top performer this year and things like that. Uh, if he bought into the hype, man, I'm worried. And so I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Yeah, I think you got to be a little bit worried. I mean, to see him out carried 15 to 5 by Mostert, that's it's concerning just knowing that again volume is key in fantasy and if you're getting five carries a game man that's not going to that's not going to get it done and i really don't care what kind of receiving action you get it's going to be hard 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 to rely on that um so i'm i would be completely worried as well yeah absolutely all right so Stephen, moving in with week 3 being in the books and week 4 just starting uh what's your current records in your league and how did it turn out for you last week 
All right, so this week for me, another week of two and two in redraft. I feel like I do that every week, um, <laughs> but two and two in redraft this week. Uh, now five and seven overall in my redraft leagues. Dynasty, I was six and five uh, with one loss being on a rebuild team. I know we like to say that, but it is important. You just kind of know that you're going to have that loss yeah. every week, but we, we include it because we're for transparency and wholeness here. So six and five with one, one of those losses being in a rebuild. My overall dynasty record is 22 and 13 uh, with one of those leagues being the complete rebuild, which is 0 and 3. Um, and, and I want to touch on this too. I'm also 0 and 3 in a league where I felt really good preseason, like a top three team, like a top three contender. Yeah, Are you in any leagues that. like that? Are you in any leagues like that? Or is it time to panic if you're in a league like that? Or do you wait out another week or two? What do you think? Uh, so me personally, uh, I'm not 0-3 in any of my leagues, surprisingly. Uh, even the one rebuild that I'm in in the Devi League, I surprisingly got a win against Rob. So shout out Rob last week. Uh, and so with this, man uh, – I, I'm in the same league that you're in, that you're 0-3 in. And I'll be completely honest with you, I still think that you have a top three roster, uh, specifically starting lineup for sure, and you have draft capital. Uh, and so with it, it's tough to make playoffs whenever you're 0-3, and it's tough to come back from that. But I think with the team that you have right now specifically, I think it's one that you could very easily sneak in there. Uh, I think you're you're just really just performances away from being one of the top dogs. And so with it, it's it's tough, but I feel like if I'm in that situation and I know my team can compete, then I'm I'm sticking it out. Like I'm not panic selling yet. Uh, I know sometimes we wait too long before we get into a rebuild. Uh, but this specific league too, I know Matt Carr owns pretty much the whole first round of 2023. And so uh good luck getting those picks off of him. Yeah, and and I just kind of wanted to touch on base with that and and see you know how, what you thought about that and and kind of tell our listeners the same thing. And I think I'm in the same boat with you here. Uh, I don't know how good I am because I am zero and three. I still feel like I got a good team, but I, but I think if you feel like that you have a good team and that could make the playoffs, then don't panic yet. You know, wait yeah. it out another week. Now, obviously. It's, it's becoming crunch time if you're 0-3. You need to win a week. You know, you need to get another – you know, you need to win this week, really and truly. Um, but don't sell yet. Let's just hold the horses on that and uh, and just kind of wait it out another week and see where you are if you feel like you're top three right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as my week last week, uh, redraft, I went 2-0 again, sitting at 6-0 overall, surprisingly. I think I'm going to take my first loss in one of the leagues this week as Amon Ra and Keenan Allen are both out. So that's going to be fantastic in the three wide receiver league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dynasty, I went two and six. Uh, I would say one of those being a rebuild, but I somehow snuck away with a victory in that rebuild. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, man, this past week was a terrible week for fantasy football from the top studs, uh, which we're going to talk about here shortly whenever we talk about the top performers and top disappointments. Uh, but overall, I am 13 and 12 in Dynasty, which is not good at all. Uh, one of those that I'm most proud of, though, is an undefeated post-rebuild team that I have. Uh, I'm really, really pumped about that. I spent about a year and a half just pouring in and making countless moves to get to where I'm at now. Those um, make you feel good. When, man, when you spend does. a year and a half, two years, turning a team around and then seeing, you know, you know, seeing those, uh, seeing that come to fruition, it feels good. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the rest of my teams, there are multiple two and one teams, multiple one and two teams. And so uh, these next couple of weeks are going to be crucial for a lot of them. We may have to turn some of those pretenders into rebuilds pretty soon. Right. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so going into the top performers of the week, week three being in the books, let's look at a couple of them. Uh, quarterback, man, I love this list because it's a lot of people that I like. Uh, you have Lamar Jackson, QB1, putting on a show, man. You got Jalen Hurts, QB2 overall. You have Joe Burrow, QB3 in week three. You have Trevor Lawrence, QB4, and Josh Allen, QB5. You got anything you want to cover on those five players, Stephen? I think we all look at that list and we go, man, like you said, those are all players I feel like most people like. And it's not surprising to see all five on the, you know, all five of those players finish in any order on that list. Um, I think all those guys are rolling with their teams right now. Jacksonville's a huge surprise yep. with the way they're playing. Uh, you know, we talked about Jalen Hurts a few episodes ago. I thought he was one to watch this year. He's done nothing but ball out. I think we all think that Josh Allen, you know, maybe Lamar Jackson are possibly the two best quarterbacks in the league. Um, so, man, this list is not surprising. It looks good. I'm ready to roll with the running backs. All right, so let's talk about the position that <laughs> nobody saw coming. Uh, at running back one on the week was Christian – oh, wait, no, never mind. It is Khalil Herbert putting up a show after David Montgomery went down. Uh, running back two, this is actually the one name on the list that I can say I kind of expect to be here at some point, is Derrick Henry. Yes. And then you have Jamal Williams after uh, DeAndre Swift went down with the injury at running back three, Devin Singletary at running back four, and Cordero Patterson at running back five. Uh, I'm Stephen, I'll be honest with you, man. I own one Devin Singletary share, and he is like the RB6 on that team. <laughs> uh, with it, I don't think that he will ever make it into my starting lineup, but I'm tempted. If you know? he starts, if he continues to put up running back four on the weak numbers, he's gonna make the starting lineup. Yeah, man, like just the fact that he's getting like what was it, ten to twelve targets last week? Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is a receiving monster. And... Well, Josh Allen threw the ball sixty-one times last yeah. week, so that, that could account for <laughs> some of it. Uh, and so, moving into the the wide receiver position, you have another kind of gross list. I'll be honest with you. You've got Devonta Smith at wide receiver one overall. Shout good, out, sneaky flex play. Good call last week, Stephen. <laughs> you have Matt Collins, wide receiver two. I didn't even know who that guy was until before On last 80% week. 80% of the waiver wires. That's ridiculous, man. You have Marquise Hollywood-Brown at wide receiver three. Chris Olave at wide receiver four, who has been coming out just balling here lately. And then you have Zay Jones, surprisingly, at wide receiver five. Uh, like I said, man, a lot of people in these top performers who nobody saw coming. And I'll be honest with you, I think the only one of those five players that I even had a share of that I started was Devontae Smith. And so uh, with it, it's one, if you got them, you got them. If you don't, you don't. But I think that these running back and wide receiver lists the next couple of weeks are probably going to be very, very interchangeable with a lot of these names and whatnot. Yeah, these names, uh, if, if you, you know, if, if I were a betting man and looking at this list of these 10 players between running back, wide receiver, I think that 70% of these will be off this list next week, maybe 80. No. Oh, yeah, I agree. So maybe, maybe higher, maybe higher. Um, but just touching on the running backs real quick um, and the wide receivers, I think the running back position shows how important handcuffs are when yep. you look at Khalil Herbert and Jamal Williams specifically. You know, when Swift goes down, it's Jamal Williams is a great handcuff. Um, and he is a – he's kind of a guy that has a nose for the end zone, right? Even when Swift is playing, he seems like he always scores. Now, you can't run him out there if Swift's healthy, I don't think. But when Swift goes down, he's a great handcuff to have. And I think Khalil Herbert's kind of showing the, th- the same thing. If Monty's out, 
you probably go. You probably you probably in a position to start Khalil Herbert, and I believe Monty is out this week. He is. Um, so so I think if you own him, you're probably running him out there this week. Yep, absolutely, man. Uh, then the gross tight end position, you have tight end one overall in the week was Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Tight end two was David Njoku, who actually got off of waiver wires last week and plugged him into a lineup. So mm-hmm. that was that was nice. Uh, Travis Kelsey, tight end three, Tyre Conklin, tight end four, and Jelani Woods, tight end five, who now has more career receiving touchdowns than Kyle Pitts. Absolutely. And so, I've been man, telling everybody since last year, Jelani Woods was the number one tight end of that class. Dude, so, I, I heard a podcast today saying that he was six foot seven, which huge. is ridiculous. He's huge. Uh, <laughs> and so with this, man, the tight end class, the running back class, the wide receiver class this past week, uh, it wasn't a fun one to look at. Um, no, I think there was a lot of leagues that I actually lost last week to where I was the second highest scorer in those leagues because the top scorer was more than likely a trash team that played some of these people. And I want to so, touch uh, on – I want to touch on Njoku before we move on real quick. I, I yeah. texted somebody during that game last week, and I said, Baker really does suck, doesn't he? And uh, they sent back, you know, uh, I don't even remember what they sent back, but just watching that game and seeing them target Njoku like that and him catch the ball, man, he looked awesome. And I, t- I told that guy, I said, this is what we expected out of Njoku three years ago, you know, when yep. he was coming out, when he was the most athletic tight end, you know, in the draft and, and one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. Um, and then just this week I saw something – I saw it on Twitter today, actually, of somebody uh, interviewing DJ Moore, and oh, they yeah, were asking that. about him being open. Uh, Matt Rule made the comment that the receivers have to get more open, and I don't think that sat very well with DJ Moore. Um, but regardless, he his it felt like his sentiment was we are open, uh, we're just not on the same page right now. Yeah. Um, so, and I feel like that was probably a lot of what was going on in Cleveland. I feel like Njoku probably is a great player. Um, that we kind of thought he might be. I hope to continue to see that out of Njoku. I really do because I like the guy. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, let's take a look at our top disappointments on the week. So some of the top disappointments at the quarterback position was Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, and Justin Fields. Um, I think the two quarterbacks that I'm not really surprised are on that list is really Carson Wentz and Justin Fields. Uh, Fields, just how the way that they've been playing in that offense this past year, uh, doesn't look great. I kind of expect them to be here for a little while. Uh, Wentz came out, man, showing out those first two weeks and then kind of came back down to reality in week three. But those other three, man, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, and Russell Wilson, I know they are a lot of teams out there with them as quarterback ones on their team. Uh, Steven, if you've got them on your dynasty squad, man, how are you feeling right now? I own a good bit of Kyler, and I do own some Russell, and it don't feel good. I'll just be honest with you. When you run Kyler Murray out there, you're expecting, you know, 22 points a game at least. You know, I think that's the floor that you feel like you should get each weekend, week out. Oh, yeah. And when he throws those disappointing games up like that, man, it's it's, it's not fun to see. And Russell Wilson – I'm starting to get worried. Like, I'm starting to become worried because it's not looking good there. I don't know what's going on, but if you own him, I would be highly, highly worried about it. Um, Not ready to panic sale yet, but Mm -hmm. worried. You know, uh, it needs to be some red flashing going on, you know, saying what's going on here. And, uh, yeah, Wentz, you know, I think we all kind of thought what he was doing wasn't sustainable. Um, And then Fields – Man, me and you talked about Fields before we started the pod. I don't know what to do with him. The, the offense looks terrible. I think he's a good player on a bad, bad team, you know. Yep. So, who knows what – I don't know what to do with him. So, 
Yep, I agree 100%, man. And then rolling into the running back position, you have DeAndre Swift, who went down with a shoulder injury. Uh, Joe Mixon last week did not look good. Alvin Kamara, A.J. Dillon, and Aaron Jones. Um, man, for me, I own a couple of shares of DeAndre Swift. Uh, it's kind of tough, man, because seeing just how good he is when he is on the field, and like you were saying earlier about Jamal Williams vulturing those touchdowns away from him, uh, you see the potential there. And I know a lot of people have him as like a, a top-end RB2, RB3 in dynasty rankings. And so just for me personally, man, I hate to see this. Uh, I wish the guy would stay healthy. And he honestly has the potential to finish RB1 overall in the season. But it's just not pending out that way. It scares me because, you know, they lean on Jamal Williams as well as, De- as, well as DeAndre Swift. And, yep. and, and what I see happening here is DeAndre Swift can't stay healthy. And I think the Lions know that. I think that's why they are leaning on Jamal Williams. I don't think – to this point, and not saying he can't ever or he won't ever, but to this point, he's kind of proven that he can't carry the load, right? That he's going to be um, helped out by another running back in some shape or form. Now, his PPR ability is still going to keep him up there in PPR leagues, but until he can prove he can stay healthy, his his ceiling will be capped. Yep. No, I agree, man. I know uh, it may be time to kind of adjust our dynasty rankings, honestly. Yep. Uh, looking at the wide receiver position for week three, you had Tyreek Kill, who was a bust, Rashad Bateman, Justin Jefferson, Darnell Mooney, Jerry Judy, and DJ Moore. I think those last three names are the ones that I'm worried the most about. Uh, Darnell Mooney seems like a wasted draft pick. Uh, I don't want to curse him by saying this, but I remember what it felt like to draft Kenny Galladay in 2021, and I am getting similar vibes for Darnell Mooney this year, um, but mostly just because of a bad offense. Uh, Jerry Judy, you've already alluded to the Russell Wilson stuff. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's talent in in Denver. I think it kind of falls back more on play calling and just that system overall. Uh, and then DJ Moore, you've already alluded to that with Baker as well. Uh, out of those, I think those, those three names there, Mooney, Judy, and Moore are the ones that I'm most concerned about. Yeah, uh, I think Judy, you know, you want to touch on that just a second about Russell Wilson, and can it be chemistry that's not quite there yet? I don't know. It's not time to panic yet because I think, again, I'm with you. I think the talent's there. Um, But maybe there's some chemistry issues. Maybe there's some play calling issues. Who knows? Um, But I'm not ready to to panic on Judy yet. We did touch on DJ Moore and the Baker inconsistencies. Um, You know, so who knows what's going to go on there. Darnell Mooney. Man, I saw some huge hype. You know, he was the Twitter hype man, right, Pre- preseason. Oh, yeah. And like you said, he feels like a wasted pick right now. And it's 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 really it's re- I don't own him. I didn't I, I I don't own him anywhere. And that's that's probably good for me. But I know there's a lot of people out there that that drafted him pretty high. Was very high on him, and it's it's not panning out. Jefferson, I, I you don't you didn't really say this, and didn't don't get the sentiment. And I'm not saying like anything's wrong. But he kind of he kind of had for for what most people consider the wide receiver one overall in dynasty right now. Oh, yeah. uh, he kind of had a dud in back to back weeks here. Six catches in a week a week before last. Six catches for forty eight yards, no touchdowns. That's only ten points in a PPR league. And then this past week, uh, three catches, fourteen yards. That's only four points. Fourteen points in two weeks, average of seven points. That's not going to get it done from the wide receiver one overall. No. And I, I think that he, he's still up there, in my opinion, with Jamar Chase as that 1A, 1B. Uh, 
But with it, man, I think what it comes down to is that he's going to have to have a bounce-back game and come in strong, or otherwise you're going to be looking at a pretty upset dynasty managers who uh, paid a hefty penalty. I'll be honest with you, man. I sent an offer out uh, before the season started for – I have Debo Samuel. I was going to trade this man two seconds plus Debo plus three – I think five-thirds plus something else. And it wasn't even like the guy I thought about. It. He just instant rejected. Yeah. And so, like, Ooh. Jefferson's price That's a high is, price. Jefferson's price is extremely high, man. And so, with it, you're just hoping on a return. Well, I'll be honest with you. You know, you're talking about a bounce back week three. He's got the Saints in London. He's going to have Lattimore all day. Oh, yeah. You know, temper expectations. Yep, so. and then you got Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins at a uh, not necessarily primetime game, but it's at eight thirty in the morning on a Sunday. I'm sure it's, Look, a lot it's of not. Watching. It's not. It's not at twelve o'clock. Kirk Cousins will light you up at twelve o'clock on Sunday, but he ain't gonna do crap in primetime <laughs> ever. Yep. Oh man. And then you got your uh, tight end disappointments on the week. Uh, not really much to talk about here. You got Pat Fryermuth. Nope. Uh, Cole Komet, Irv Smith, Darren Waller, Gerald Everett. I think overall the tight end class hasn't been doing fantastic this year, so I mean I don't really think we have to cover much there. Correct. Uh, moving into our sneaky flex plays. So first off, let's recap what we did last week. Uh, Stevens' Devontae Smith call was on point as he racked up the overall wide receiver one on the week with a stat line of eight receptions and 169 yards and one touchdown. Uh, so shout out Steven on that one. Let's go. Uh, and then I actually went with Russell Gage in a uh, Tampa Bay depleted wide receiver room who finished today with a stat line of 12 receptions, 78 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, so we both had some pretty good calls last week. And let's uh, kind of see if we get as lucky as we did uh, last week, this week. Uh, so I'm going to let you go first with this one, Stephen. All right. So this week I'm going to go with your man, Rashad Penny. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't love it. I'll say I don't love it um, because of there's possible limited upside here with Kenneth Walker III still in some touches. Uh, but he has a juicy, juicy matchup with Lions defense who is giving up the highest rushing success rate this season. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically a measure of running back consistency, meaning where a player – gains 40% of their needed yards on first down, 60% of their needed yards on second down, or 100% of the time getting their needed yards on third or fourth down to, to gain a first down. So so the success rate in which they rush the ball, basically the lines are giving up the most in the league. Um, so I, I think he's got a pretty juicy matchup this week. I'm going with him as my sneaky flex of the week. Yeah, absolutely, man. I know somebody else I would throw in this category that I did not choose would be Tyler Lockett as well. Uh, Tyler Lockett has been putting up some sneaky numbers the past two weeks with double-digit scores. And so uh, if you're looking for a juicy matchup against that Lions defense, I would look his way as well. Uh, and so my sneaky flex play officially for this week is one that I actually had rolled out before DeAndre Swift was rolled out, and that is Jamal Williams uh, against a struggling Seattle defense. Uh, Williams is actually currently the RB7 on the year from vulturing these touchdowns, and it is very, very obvious that Dan Campbell loves this man. If you watched Hard Knocks this year, you can very much tell so. Uh, he actually finished this past week with a stat line of 20 rushes for 87 yards and two touchdowns, uh, benefiting off the Swift injury. It looks like the Lions team could possibly hold Swift out for the next three weeks with that third week being their bye week. Uh, so, honestly, if I've got Williams on my team and like what you said, that handcuff strategy, then he is a must start for me. Um, I know I have him in one league, and I'm starting him over Dobbins, Akers, and Sanders this week. Uh, and so, with it, I think he's going to end up being a fringe RB1, RB2 this week. And so, I'm just kind of calling my shot there, plug him in and play him. 
Yeah, Jamal Williams this week, man, he's a he's a plug and play. If you own him, you're playing him. Yep. I mean, the only way you're not playing him is if you own one of those for sure RB ones like a a Mixon or a Derrick Henry or you know uh, Jonathan Taylor. If you don't own some of those top guys, then Jamal Williams is your guy. He's a plug and play. Uh, once you get past those elite running backs, Jamal Williams should be in your lineup this week, no question. Absolutely, man. Uh, so a fun segment that we've been doing uh, since, since last week, actually, is a 2021 class review. Uh, so now that we're in the second year of experience in this 2021 class, uh, what we've been doing is taking a couple of weeks and just reviewing the current dynasty standings of the former rookies. Uh, each week, what we're doing is basically giving our personal rankings of each group and giving our reasoning behind it. Uh, so this week, we're going to be focusing in on the running back position, which is kind of gross outside of the top eight. And so with it, I'm just going to read off some of the running backs in their draft order of the NFL draft. And then we'll talk a little bit about their PFF running back rankings as of May 6, 2021. So the draft order went as this, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, Kine Nwangu, Ramondre Stevenson, Chuba Hubbard, Kenneth Gainwell, Ben Mason, Elijah Mitchell, Gary Brightwell, Larry Roundtree, Chris Evans, Demetri Felton, Khalil Herbert, Jake Funk, um, Jared Dokes, Kylan Hill, and Jamar Jefferson. Um, I don't even know like a third of those people, man. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then looking at the running back rankings that were out there as of May 2021 last year, you had Najee Harris one, Javante Williams two, Travis Etienne three. I think in a lot of leagues, you had those as three of the top four draft picks in rookie class last year. Yeah. Uh, then you was followed up with Trey Sermon, Chuba Hubbard, Michael Carter, Kenneth Gainwell, Ramondre Stevenson, Elijah Mitchell, Demetric Felton, and then you had a lot of unranked players such as Khalil Herbert and Chris Evans. Uh, and so I'll be honest with you, Stephen, man, I feel like last year looking at this rookie class, uh, I remember having the one of the top three picks in a dynasty league last year in the rookie draft and thinking to myself, hey, whether it is Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, or Javante Williams, whichever one of those are there, I'm going with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so with it, let's just kind of talk this out a little bit and see how our uh, rankings have changed, man. And so okay. I know we uh, our rankings are actually a little bit different on this one. So let's kind of talk this out a little bit, okay? All right. Uh, I'll tell you what, Steve, let's, let's change this up a little bit and let's go from 10 backwards, okay? Cool with okay. that? Yeah. Awesome. Let's get these gross ones out of the way. So who you got at 10? Okay, so at 10 here, I got Chris Evans. I think, uh, you know, he's a nice he's a nice guy behind Mixon, right? And we talk about handcuffs. You know, I think he's the Mixon handcuff there. And in, in, in Cincinnati, he's done a, a decent job last year when, when Mixon got hurt. And I know he is – He's even this year. Well, maybe not so much this year, but I know last year a little bit. He got he got in the mix with some PPR stuff, so not a bad guy to own there at ten. Absolutely, and I got him ranked at ten as well. Uh, at running back nine, I've got Chuba Hubbard. Uh, with this, I honestly hate it, but it's one of those where I've got him barely above Chris Evans. Uh, it's mostly just because of the CMC injury history, and I don't think that Deontay Foreman is actually a sustainable running back if CMC goes down. Um, so with it, I got Chuba Hubbard at nine. I think you're the same way, right? Yeah, I got him at nine, and for the same reason, it's the handcuff of the CMC. You know, it's the handcuff for the CMC, so that's what I got to. Yep, he got at eight. I've got Kenneth Gainwell at eight. Um, he's looked decent in Philadelphia. Um, I, you know, I still think that 
it's just hard because I think he's got good talent, but he's also stuck behind Miles Sanders, and it looks like Boston Scott. Yep. But, you know, with a little bit of talent and injury, you know, who knows what could happen. But, again, handcuff, Kenneth Gainwell, number eight for me. Absolutely. I know the guy's a PPR monster as well, or could be. Uh, seems like anytime he gets the ball in his hands, he actually does fairly well with it. Uh, now, five, six, and seven is where we kind of start getting off a little bit of variance here. Uh, so at seven on my rankings, I've got Khalil Herbert. Uh, what that kind of falls down to me with is the fact of um, I'm still treating him as a handcuff as of right now and not a top high-end handcuff. Now, I did say that before he went out and balled out last week. Uh, but with it, man, um, just that Bears offense, I think the reason he's so low in my rank is because like, I'm trying to avoid it. Um, and so with it, I think he's a great player, but he's one to where – these other players that I have ranked ahead of him, I think I would rather own them in the Dynasty League. Yeah, and I'll touch on Michael Lil Herbert when we get up there to him. He's quite a few spots ahead of where you have. At seven for me, I've got Ramondi Stevenson. Um, I think he's a good back. Um, he's in, he's not at the right team to be a great Dynasty back. Um, he is with the Patriots, um, who is going to always feel like what's going on with running back. Um, so that's where I have him at seven. Yeah, but I've got Ramondre a little bit higher as well. Uh, I'll just kind of go ahead and throw this out there. I got Michael Carter at six. Uh, the reason I have him at six right now is because I think eventually Brees Hall takes that job from him. Uh, I think we're kind of already seeing some glimpses of that, and I don't really know if he'll end up being a sustainable back long-term in Dynasty after that happens. Uh, but I say all that to say this. I've got Ramondre at five, uh, mostly based off of he actually had a pretty fair performance in week three. But also, this is kind of like a long-term solution. Um, I honestly see him uh, taking over for Damian Harris next year. So my dynasty rankings, I've got him just kind of bumped up a little bit. I think he's a, I think he's a good PPR running back and think he can uh, actually do okay in that New England backfield, which is really gross to say. Yeah, yeah, that's very gross. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, six, Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, I think he's a very explosive guy when healthy. Uh, I think his key thing right now is health. But, man, when he's in there, he looks explosive. He's young. He looks fast. He looks quick. Um, So, I got him at six. I think he can thrive in San Francisco if he can stay healthy. Yep, I agree, man. You'll go ahead and Um, number five. Yeah, you had uh, six with Michael Carter. You touched on that. Five – I'm sorry, five. Six for Michael Carter for you. Five for Monday Streamers for you. Five for me is Michael Carter. Um, And I know Brees is there. I get it. Um, but man, Michael Carter looks good. He still looks like a good running back in an offense where you feel like they're going to run the ball. Um, and I know a lot of people think Brees is going to take over and I probably do think that too, and have that sentiment as well. But I think Michael Carter can carve himself out a nice role for the Jets. Um, and he might can have himself a nice career, um, maybe elsewhere away from the Jets. We'll see. I I like the talent and I, I still think, uh, with this list, I was, I was good with putting him at five. Yeah, and so I think the biggest variance we have here is that you've got Khalil Herbert at four. I've got him at seven. Um, and so with it, I just want to hear your reason here, Stephen, because I'm I, I see where he could be up there, but me personally, I just don't have him up there quite yet. Okay, well, my reason here is, and I I, I drafted Khalil Herbert last year in every third round that I could, and I owned quite a few shares of him and still do. Um, and I think he kind of showed what he could be this week, right, with Monty being out. He had a great mm-hmm. week. Um, I kind of thought, you know, at the time when I was drafting him, I thought, okay, Khalil Herbert can take this Tariq Cohen role that the Bears have had for years. Um, and so that's kind of that was kind of my thought process on him. 
um, at the time of drafting. Now, as time has gone on, and if you watch him, and if you've watched any preseason stuff on him, any training camp stuff on him, there were people out there saying he might take Monty's job. Now, don't know if it's going to happen. I do think this past week, uh, what he did, he's going to earn some more touches even when Monty comes back. So I love him. I like him a lot. I've got him at four in that offense that seems to only want to throw the ball 15 times a game. <laughs> It'd be nice to own a couple running backs there in Chicago. Now, so, so let me ask you this. I know Elijah Mitchell's hurt right now, but if you've got Mitchell on a competing team, are you trading him for Khalil Herbert? Mm, that's a good question. That's a great question. Um if if Elijah Mitchell's that see that's a big if because he's never healthy. So yeah. um if, if he's healthy, I'll say if he's healthy and he's playing as the starting running back in San Francisco and I'm competing, I've won Elijah Mitchell. I'll just say Got that. You. All right, cool. And I, I get it, man. Dynasty rankings are very variable as well. And you gotta throw in that context of you yeah. know, what does your team makeup look like, how bad right. do you need that player. Uh, and so the going on, I think our top three are very similar except for one and two. Uh, last year, your top three running backs that were drafted was Najee, Javante, Travis Etienne, and really any order. I'll be honest with you. That's all multiple orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at three for both of us, we have Travis Etienne. Um, I'll start off by saying this, man. I like the talent there. I think that offense is really turning around. Uh, Travis Etienne is a fantastic running back, and I wish that he got more touches than he does. But the only thing about that is, is that James Robinson has been killing it this year. Uh, so that being said, man, I think ETN eventually gets his, uh, he's actually in my top man, probably top 15 dynasty running back rankings right there on the fringe of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so with me, man, if I've got him, I'm happy. Uh, I actually, um, drafted him over Javante in one rookie draft last year Ooh. and yeah, uh, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, with it, man, I'm still long-term. I like ETN. Yeah. I like ETN. You know I like ETN. We've talked about ETN before, and and I've got down here that if we would have done this thing a month ago, he'd have been two for me. Um, yeah. But I've got him at three because obviously, um, you know, he's just not being used as most thought he would be used this year. Uh, J. Rob's just a baller. Let's just be honest. I yep. love that guy. I love that guy, and he is completely still in ETN spotlight. Um, but again, in, at the end of the day, I think ETN will get his. He's going to get what's coming for him. May not be right now, may not even be this year, but it's coming. Uh, if you if you believe in the talent, you believe in the player, just hold on. It's coming. Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right, so one and two, this is what we're going to have fun with. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you, Stephen. It's kind of hypocritical that Javante Williams is my RB1. Uh, the reason I say that is, is if anybody knows me, I'm an Alabama homer. Uh, love the Crimson Tide was raised that way and everything. Loved Najee Harris when he was there. Uh, but with that being said, I've got Javante one, Najee two. And I know that your rankings, I don't want to steal your spotlight, but you've got Najee one, Javante two. Uh, yeah. so let's let's have a little, uh, not necessarily a debate, but let's just talk about our reasoning here. Okay. Uh, why do you have uh, Najee over Javante? I personally have Najee over Javante, over Javante because of situation and the the current right the present gotcha. uh, the the present is that Najee Harris is the bell cow back for for the Steelers that's Volume. the present. Yeah. that's the that's where we're at and as we all know as we've discussed before on this pod volume is king and as far as talent goes if you if you put them side by side I think they're pretty close um I think Javante's probably more explosive just honestly 
But, man, Najee's getting that volume. He is getting that RB1 bell cow work as to where Javante seems to be stuck in an RBBC, and it's just it's 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 just not great for fantasy. Yeah. Hey, man, I get that, honestly. I know uh, right now, currently, you got Javante at RB19 and Najee at RB22. I know Najee was actually struggling a little bit with, uh, I think, some ankle injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. Uh, but even with that, man, just snap percentage. I'm looking at stats right now. You got snap percentage with Javante at 56%, and you got Najee at 70. Mm-hmm. And so with it, I completely get your reasoning, man. Uh, 100% understand it. And I know in Dynasty, like you said, volume is key. Uh, if you can get as many touches as Derrick Henry in a game, you want to buy into it. Yep. And so with Najee, what he can do in that offense, uh, man, I like I said, I get it. And, um, and only, look, let's let's not, let's let's you know you got Najee. Let's not pretend that he. Let's just not you know think that he's got great quarterback play. He's got he's got Mitchell yeah. Trubisky back there. I mean, Javante's at least got Russell Wilson. So I mean, even yeah. though Russell Wilson's been bad, he's at least got him. So if you give me Russell Wilson on that Steelers team, Najee Harris is oh, fixing a feast. So, yeah, and I think if he, if I would have came up with these rankings last year, uh, man, even at the end of the season when Big Ben was checking the ball down to Najee twenty four seven, yeah, and I think I think Najee would be my one. But I think the reason my perspective is is volume does play a big proponent of it. But what I the reason I chose Javante over Najee, I'll be honest with you, just athleticism. Uh, Najee is a fantastic back. Don't get me wrong. I think that he is top five in dynasty rankings. I will be 100% transparent with you. But it's just the fact of Javante, man, I don't know what it was, but something caught my eye last year in his rookie, rookie season. Uh, he didn't get many touches as Najee did. But the thing about it is, man, when you look back at his highlights, what he does when he does get those opportunities is fantastic. And so for me, uh, man, I've just I bought into it. And I guess it's just the the hype is blinding me currently, you know. Well, I, and I said it I said it before you even said this. I think Javante is more explosive than Najee. I do. I've seen him play. I think he's got a quicker step. I think he's got a more explosive step. Um, but again, Najee, as I pull that knife out of his back that you just stuck in there, Mr. I know, Tad, um, I, I still want Najee at one. Yeah. And like I said, man, I'm not mad about it at all. Uh, and the reason I say that I've got Javante at one is because I actually turned around and traded Najee away from Javante in the off season. And so I kind of got to back up what I'm, what I'm saying here. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, that's our rankings. Let me run through it one more time real quick. My 2021 class running back rankings was Javante one, Najee two, Travis Etienne three, Elijah Mitchell four, Ramondre Stevenson five, Michael Carter six, Khalil Herbert seven, Kenneth Gainwell eight, Chuba Hubbard nine, and Chris Evans ten. Once you run through your ten, real quick, Steve. All right, my ten was one, Najee Harris, uh, unquestionable number one, number two, Javante Williams, number three, Travis Etienne, number four, Khalil Herbert, number five, Michael Carter, number six, Elijah Mitchell, number seven, Ramondre Stevenson, number eight, Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, and rounding it out, number nine, Chuba Hubbard, and number 10, Chris Evans. Absolutely, man. I know I'm uh, – I'll be honest with you, I'm looking forward to doing this next year with these rookie running backs that are in right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well as looking forward to this 2023 running back class. Yes, uh, absolutely. And so I'm, I'm excited to watch some of them tomorrow in college football, uh-huh. uh, getting to see Jameer Gibbs, who has been outstanding here lately, uh, B. John Robinson, uh man, even Tank Tank Bigsby actually have been doing yep. okay too. And so Zach Evans just from a, Ole Miss looks oh good. Oh man, yes. And I know if they if Zach Evans 
him at Ole Miss is very similar to Javante in Denver right now, to yep. where there's a there's another yep. back that is actually looking pretty good. Yep. And man, he's just not getting the opportunities there. Yep. Yep. Uh, but anyways, guys, we want to take this time and just thank y'all for the support. Thank you for the listens. We're gonna get this thing published early Saturday morning, so that way you hopefully you got a little bit of time to listen to it before Sunday. Uh, and so with that being said, man, thank y'all for the support once again. Uh, follow us over on Facebook at Legacy Legends, the Dynasty Podcast, and at Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. Uh, Steven, you got anything you want to say before we head out, man? Man, y'all enjoy your week. Good luck this week in your Dynasty Leagues. Get those lineups in. Make sure you check your uh, outs and ins. I know we've already had a few uh, big ones. I know Michael Thomas is out this week. I saw Jameis Winston is most likely out. I think we said uh, Keenan Allen's out. So just be sure you check those lineups. Make sure you, you're not starting anybody that's out. Uh, it'll be pivotal for you. Absolutely, man. Y'all set those lineups. Have a good week, man.